Alright, welcome to episode 43 of the BobbyCast. It is a uh, Tuesday afternoon, close to 5 o'clock whenever we do this. We'll call this one, Why Are Things Stupid? I'm a little cranky because I'm a little tired, but I have a lot, um, a lot in my mind. First of all, uh, hello, Mike D. Uh, wish, say hello again. Hello. Which one are you? Like, Four. Us. Okay. So, first of all, we, we were going to have Shane McAnally in, and he's written a ton of songs, including a lot of Sam Hunt stuff and Walker Hayes and just a ton of stuff, but he got sick, and it sucks for him. We're going to try to have Shane back in next week. So, that'll be cool. People get sick, and that happens. want to get that out of the way. Um, and so, yeah, thanks for, for listening. Thanks to Blue Apron for sponsoring this. People ask me all the time, like... And, you know, I want to start a podcast. What do I do about it? How do I start a podcast? Podcasts are stupid, right? Just in general, they're stupid until it's a real thing. Meaning, we've done 43 episodes of this, yeah. and I still don't think we're a real thing. Until you hit 100, I just don't think you're a real... That you've shown you have any sort of longevity that people can trust you. And with a podcast, that's what it is. You have to build from like the ground up. And you have to understand that... I have a radio show that has millions of listeners, and even then, I don't feel like this is a real thing yet because I don't feel like I have the trust of people that know that it's going to be here every week, two times a week, sometimes three times a week. And until you hit 100 episodes, I don't think you've really built that that, that trust. And so until you hit 100, people are like, I'm going to start a podcast. And, and it's most don't last. And so that's why I think most podcasts are stupid. You know, They're just everywhere. The, the ones that aren't stupid are the ones that are for real and that do last, and they really develop a following. And Like, I love podcasts, but until it's until you're 100 in, like, they don't count. Like, you can't – I don't even really call us a for real show, or like a podcast show yet. In 57 episodes, I'll be like, we are legitimately here. So – and, if you, and you know, artists will come to me like, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, do you really want to start a podcast, though? Because you have to do a lot, and it's at least every week. And so, how many when you were doing your punk rock show do you think you did, all in all? We did close to 150. Okay. That was a real podcast. Yeah. And yours was, it was all about punk rock yeah. and we friends. Yeah, week we'd put one out. Yeah, so, it's a, and people ask me all the time, again, now I'm supposedly some podcast expert. I don't know, crap. We get on here and talk about things, but we're episode 43 right now. Um, you hit me back in like 57. So, I, I think podcasts are dumb until it's real. I think radio is dumb. I'm going to tell you why. I love radio, by the way. I'll get to it. I don't think that we stick up for each other enough. This The, the, the industry is so just competitive and cutthroat and mean. And everybody from everywhere just like wants to see everybody else fail. I'll give you an example that happened this week. It actually happened last week, but it kind of became a news story. was the girl from Sirius XM. I've never met her before. And this is just some also new late-breaking stuff to me. I f- her name is... I know, right? So I forgot, and I shouldn't because it's a real douchebag moving me. I'll look it up. And so she gets on the air. I've never heard her before. Uh, I know she used to produce a country show across the street in town, is what I'm told. And I heard the clip, though, because someone sent it to me, where... She was talking about the wildfires in the Panhandle of Texas, which are bad wildfires. People have died from them. She didn't know what she was saying. And she said, wow, that's a big barbecue. It was a bad attempt at a joke. She got in trouble over it because a lot of people complained. 
Um, she's not going to get fired, I don't think. I mean, I would assume if they were going to do it, they would have done it already, and they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. But, like, nobody came to her and aid publicly and said, hey, because she apologized immediately. And she was like, whoa, I am so sorry. Like, I, that was really stupid of me, and I'm so sorry about that. And I guess coming from where I sit, and I talk on the radio for five hours a day, and I say jokes, and, man, when you talk a lot, and you have an audience, and you're supposed to provide some sort of personality, every once in a while, you're just going to screw up. And she never hurt anybody. And it sucks that what she said was about something. She didn't say it knowing that it hurt people. She really didn't. And nobody came out and said, hey, yo, uh, she apologized. She's cool. Um... The, the TV stations were right. It turned into this whole viral thing. And so most people in radio or satellite or wherever, they're not fans of me anyway because I came in and it was just different than everybody else. And I don't run in the circle of, um, hey, let's all just wank each other off. And so I was like, I, I don't even, and this is the weird thing. So I was like, hey, I put this note out on, on Twitter because it doesn't matter if I like you or not. Like we're kind of in this thing together. This is a, this radio television podcast all this media stuff like it's changing so fast it's not dying it's dying how we know it now but it's definitely not dying if anything it's growing like i love where it's going gives me more opportunities to put more out there so nobody kind of said hey i got you you know so i put it out there i was like hey let's she apologized we're we're, we're cool everybody relax and so i said hey we can learn from these mistakes and so I donated a little bit of money to the Red Cross and said, hey, here's some information about it. And so that was it, right? And, and I think, hey, you know, if I had screwed up, I wish somebody would say, hey, you know, what's, when I did screw up, I got fined a million bucks. And like Charlemagne was like the only person, Charlemagne the guy was like the only person that was cool and like was like, oh, like he publicly was like, man, that was an accident. Like, let's not jump all over him. Well, here's the, the plot twist. One of my friends sent me this message she wrote about how I was running the format, like before this happened. Yeah, her last name is—I uh, don't even know her last name. Doesn't matter. Whatever, but it doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is, this is why radio's stupid because we don't even stick up for our own. There are like thirty of us left, and nobody's in there sticking up. We should almost be working with each other. Like I get their ratings, but there. Are, when I do my radio show, I don't even think about other radio shows I'm competing with because I'm not. I'm competing with phones and computers and kids and uh, any other thing and, and podcasts and books on tape and on tape. You get what I'm saying there. So I was a little disappointed at the overall radio community in general for nobody really coming and saying, hey, yeah, she said something stupid, but she did apologize and nobody was hurt. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, yeah, I think at the point when she said it, she had no idea what it was about, like and, what was going on. And, yep, we have a duty to learn what we're talking about, but, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm also very irritable right now, just in general. So that's why I think radio is stupid, because we're all, we all are, are in, we all want to see everybody fail so bad that, like, and nobody got nobody's back. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. It, it really sucks. If I lost my job tomorrow, they'd be throwing a party over it satellite and across the street they'd be throwing a woohoo uh ding dong the witch is dead so uh that's why the radio otherwise i love like we went to this big thing um 
I, I talked about that at iHeart, and it was like all the shows from around the country. Although we do work for the same company, we never see each other. And it was totally, it was awesome because nobody was like trying to prove anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like it was, have I talked about this on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, great. It was just so, it was just like everybody had respect for everybody still trying to hang in this business because there aren't a lot of people left doing it because the jobs are just, and they're all turning into things like this podcast, which are stupid. And, and radio, I felt like that was a nice time for radio to come and support someone who really didn't do anything wrong. She said something stupid. God, dude, if I, said, I got in trouble for everything stupid I said. <laughs> My thing, too, is with the complainers. This is, I guess this is also why I'm irritated at the whole thing. Is that um, instead of complaining, why not just turn it off? Why not just go, I'm just not going to listen to this person in that station again. That's really the worst thing you can do. Like When people complain to my bosses, they'll go, mm, let me look at ratings. Let me see the revenue that's being brought. Because it's a business. I mean, everything's a business. People think it's not a business sometimes. They're like, well, why don't you play Sturgill? <laughs> I'm like, listen, I don't pick the playlists. Occasionally, I'll grab a song or an artist and go, I think this is fantastic. But I don't pick the playlist. It's all researched. Like, they have real-life people, hundreds, thousands of people that they test music in front of. It's like, uh, the, what are those groups called? Uh, focus groups. Yep. And they put them in rooms. They play them over. Stuff, and then that's how they find songs. And also, record labels. They have songs as singles. And they go out and they work them to radio stations. People think that I control all. I don't control all the radio. I have no. I control what I control. And that's just exposing my listeners to new artists. And that's it. But people get so mad and think I'm running the entire radio world into music. And people get mad whenever these independent artists, like I'm not playing. I don't even know half of them. Like I'm flipping around trying to find artists and looking for music that I like. And a lot of times it's passed on to me from friends who are songwriters and who are friends. But I don't, I, I really don't. I've been pretty lucky and I think I have a, a pretty decent ear at hearing songs. And once I hear them going, okay, that's cool. And I've gotten a few people record deals, but I don't know. I don't hear it all. But you know, with the with that independent group and some of the Texas country stuff, I I don't control the playlist. I have nothing to do with it, and everybody wants to blame me. And by everybody, I'm not exaggerating. Every single person <laughs> wants to blame me for it. Um. So, I, yeah, I don't even know where I am on that. Oh, stop following. Just just if somebody's irritating you, if there's a TV show, for example, that you don't like, and it's like yeah, I don't like the show anymore. Do you call NBC and go, hey, I just want to say your show sucks? Or do you get on the phone and go, what's the number to Netflix? I need to give them a call because this <laughs> Kimmy Schmidt show blows this episode. <laughs> no, you don't. You just turn it off. And if I'm doing something you don't like, like right now you can turn the podcast off. If you're annoyed that I'm annoyed, you don't have to listen anymore. Like, we're totally cool. It's like people who complain on at an incident on Instagram. I have always had incidents on social media where – People think that part of the Constitution is that you can comment whatever you want on somebody's oh, yeah. <laughs> Instagram page. Like, in apparently the Bill of Rights, there is a law that says I can write whatever I want on Bobby's Instagram page and the government protects me. And it's just not true because I will block you. I'll take a little bit of crap. An example. If you say, man, I don't think you treated Amy very nice in that segment. I won't delete that. And I'll actually go, maybe I didn't treat Amy nice. And that's like, maybe it came across wrong. Mm-hmm. Amy's one of my best friends. So maybe we were kidding around and it came across wrong on the air. And, ooh, I should reevaluate the words that I said. 
If I see a few of those, I'm like, ooh, they're probably on to something. If someone goes, you know, I never liked your show anyway. You suck. I might take one. About the second time you write something like that, I'm just going to block you from my account. Why do I want to put myself in a position to have somebody who has no interest, especially people that follow but hate you? Like, why even follow? Do you ever see this on Facebook? People are like, I hate this show. I see a lot. This show sucks. I'm like, okay, block, because I don't need the negativity. And I say all the time, I never go to Facebook. I don't. And by and literally, I go maybe one and a half times a week, and then I I said to myself, I'm not going back for a month. And next week I go back, and I look again. But man, it is just people that there's something missing in their personal life where they have to get the negativity out somewhere, and they feel like they can do it behind this veil of secrecy. But the problem is, it's your real freaking name, <laughs> and I can click on your real freaking name and see your whole family, and I can Google your address. And if I was like the guy in Taken, I would come to your house and do everything. <laughs> but I have no interest in that. But you're putting it all – that's the weirdest thing to me about people who get online and say just really insulting, trashy things. It's that when I click it, I can see your niece and nephew, and I can go one over page and see your preacher, and then I can go three pages over. I, I have your whole life right here in front of me, <laughs> and you're trashing me in public, and I have this huge platform where if I want, I can be like, hey, look at this douchebag right here. But I don't. Instead, I just block them. I don't understand people who – Follow, unless you're just trolling. I do. There's an art to trolling. There is. There's an art to trolling, and I can respect a good troll. I don't like it, and I won't let it happen very long. But I can respect it. I'll block you too if you use a lot of profanity. Uh, I, I just, I won't put that. I don't. People, I don't need people to see that. But if you're just trolling to get a reaction, like there's a respect from me that comes there because I will do that sometimes on the radio, mm-hmm. not in a super mean way. But the, but uh, it's different than just being a real dick. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, people on Instagram are stupid too. I mean, it's not all of them. People on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they're all stupid too. Let me do this commercial. Yep. It'd be a good, good time to go to this. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been sleeping. I feel all irritable. Can you tell? Well, I don't know. Not, not, <laughs> not all ingredients are created equal. By the way, I do love Blue Apron. As I talk about how podcasts and people on the radio and people on Instagram suck. Blue Apron does not. Fresh, high-quality ingredients. They do actually make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. It's affordable, too. For less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers these seasonal recipes, pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Mm, I don't know if there's one of them. I just try to be honest. Do I have a box on the counter right now? Because I don't think I do. Mm, I think it's coming. If Shane McAnally were, he would not see one, and I would not be able to say there's one. Again, Shane's sick, but um, I do have Blue Apron. Lunchbox probably uses it the most out of everybody. They make, they make Blue Apron like Blue Apron's stopping business in a month, and they're just trying to get it all out the way right now. Um, they cook a lot more at home. But Blue Apron, it guarantees freshness. Each meal comes with a step-by-step guide, easy to follow, pre-portioned ingredients. They can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. And you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. With free shipping, go to blueapron.com slash bobbycast. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast. You'll love how good it feels and tastes. And just blueapron.com slash bobbycast. And Blue Apron is a better way to cook. I think Blue Apron's great. And thanks for sponsoring this. And, you know, there's a, a lot of things. Uh, let's see. What sucks? Podcasts, people on the radio, uh, people on social media suck. Uh, 
I had, God, I had a bunch of these. I was going to go through and just rattle. How long are we into this thing? We are 16 minutes. Let's try and not talk about people. I try to live a positive life and have positive. And I think all these eventually ended up positive. But, man, it's uh, I just get so frustrated. I was just on my, my account last night, and I don't understand people who just get on. and. I also don't think they think that we're real people, too. Like, I don't think people think I'm a real person. Because sometimes even when you respond to them, you're like, oh, look, you responded to me. It's like, <laughs> you suck. You are ugly. You're the biggest piece of crap ever. And I'll be like, hey, you all good? Oh, my goodness, you responded. I love the show. <laughs> it's like, yeah. like, And, and no, people don't run my account. I don't do the Facebook page. but I don't even go to it. So I'm honest about that. But I do my own Twitter, my own Instagram. Obviously, I'm on Snapchat. I will say my Snapchat game has suffered a bit with a girlfriend. Let's think about that. I think all my social media games suffered. Why is that? Just time. Oh. I used to like put a lot of effort into oh, okay. like making stories <laughs> and and I still wish I do. And I got to find some sort of uh, social media girlfriend balance <laughs> uh, because yeah, I do think it's, it has suffered a little bit because of that. It's an interesting problem to have. You get a girlfriend and suddenly you're, you feel like you dropped off your, your oh, social I have. game. Yeah. And it, well, the weirdest thing too with a girlfriend or a dog is that people will follow me, but pictures of me don't get the most likes. Pictures of my girlfriend or my dog will get the most likes. And my girlfriend doesn't near me followers, but she gets more likes than I do. So people should just go like her page. <laughs> now, I don't hate them for it. I get it. It's just weird though. Like, you know, if you're, you like, you're supposed to, uh, whatever. You're supposed to like me. <laughs> And nobody does <laughs> whatever I do um, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter too it's Mr. Bobby Bones MR Bobby Bones but yeah my, my game has, has fallen a bit with a girlfriend I'll be glad when we're done watching The Office we're at season 8 now and it's been a, I think we've been out for like two and a half months and now it's to the point where I'm just ready to finish it's my favorite show mm-hmm. I know I'm beating her to death with them and she's just like kind of over it mm-hmm. but it's um, it's a lot to try to get in one or two a night, um, but the cool thing is she makes breakfast every day. Yeah, I don't think I sleep as well with someone in the bed though. Like I don't, I don't think I do. Really, I don't sleep well anyway. But I don't, I don't sleep as well in the in it's the like bed. Like a comfort thing or like a mental thing. I think a comfort thing because the dog sleeps with me. Yeah, and he sleeps between. And maybe so. I don't. I'm, I don't know. She's just gonna listen to this and keep me in the balls as soon as she sees me. And blame it on Dusty. But there, yeah, <laughs> there. It's good. It's good. She's got music coming out too, so I'm excited for her to have all this out. Uh, with the show, yeah, I feel like there are in the radio show because Shane Mack and I was gonna come in today, so we just kind of hopped on for a few minutes to talk. Um, uh, what was that? How do you feel like the show's going? I feel like we're going good. Perfect. So, a lot of people will ask, hey, can I get a job working with the show? Hey, how do I get a job working with the show? And I was thinking about this before I walked up here, is that, except for Eddie, I think everybody on the show has had a very difficult time getting into the show. I would, yeah, I would say so. And by difficult, I don't mean by me, I mean it's been a tough ride to get on. Yeah. Because we've never had money to hire, just, just go, you're hired. I was just thinking back. Amy, when I hired her, I had to hire her as a producer for mm-hmm. b- very low, lower than she was making selling granite. Because I hired Amy. Amy, 
if you're new to the radio show, my, my show is basically all these people that I knew in real life that had never been on the radio before, and I just brought them all into a show. And so, oddly, it's worked. If you would have asked me, it was never on purpose, though. Like, sometimes people will go, wow, we should do like Bobby. Don't do like me. I only had to do this because we had no money. Yeah. <laughs> if I could have, when I was 22, 23, 26, I'd have been like, let me go hire these fantastic people. I wouldn't have known any better. Now is the best thing that ever happened to me. And I, I didn't realize that at the time. Back when I was much stupider, I would have been like, I just want to go hire good radio people because they'll know what they're doing and I can learn from them. What happened now is we've all kind of learned from each other. But I'll just start with Amy. I'll just kind of work my way down. Um, Amy was selling granite and making a really good living for her age. And she quit and came and joined as a producer. Wasn't even having money to hire full-time on air. Took a huge pay cut. Wasn't even the co-host and just waited her time until she got into the co-host job and then got her first contract after like a year and a half. And it was just like she just took a big gamble. I mean, I was thinking about me too. Like whenever I I started doing weekend nights at KLAZ as a teenager and that was my first radio station. Um, but when I went to Little Rock, I went in from a full-time job to a part-time job because I wanted to be in Little Rock and just had faith I could wait it out and work hard enough to get the full-time spot. Now, I was working full-time hours. And I was doing a full-time night show, but they didn't have the budget to hire me. They were like, ooh, if you'll come, take a pay cut and let us pay you for like 22 hours a week, even though you're actually working 50, that would be amazing. And I was like, okay, I'm in. That would be amazing. I just figured I could work hard and last it out. And so, okay, that was me. I did that in Little Rock for seven months or so before I was able to really get the job. Uh, Amy did that. Lunchbox did that. Lunchbox was working a delivery driver for Jason's Deli. Would only come in two days a week. Couldn't afford to come in five days a week. Couldn't pay him. Didn't have a microphone. Like Lunchbox would come in without a microphone. He would only work from the streets on the cell phone and yell from the corner sometimes. <laughs> and so, and, and only like Tuesday and Thursday for a bit when we first started the show. And then it was like, dude, I need you five days a week, but I can't pay you for five days a week. And he was like, you know what, I'm in. And he jumped on, and I mean, we're all here now, obviously. But I'm just going through the list of people and their story. So Lunchbox, Amy did that. Lunchbox actually did that before Amy did. Lunch has been with me the longest. So let's see. One, two. Um, I'm just going down the list. of. I'll just go in the room. Nada worked for a year unpaid on the show. She had a job working as digital Um but she didn't work for the radio show and she was working for me. And so she came down and just volunteered and just worked every day for a year, sat in the show. Then she went and did her, like her computer work for the rest of the day. And so she came work for free for a year and then finally got her job. Amy sits here. Nada sits here. Lunchbox sits here. I'm going to come back to Eddie because he said the easiest of all. Um, let's go to the glass room. Morgan, who's now the head producer of the show intern, then no, she left the because we have, I don't have a job for her. And then I was like, hey, listen, because she wanted to be in radio. I said, hey, why don't you come and work for me personally? Because I have to have a side, I have a side company. Um, I have a few of them, but the one that I have that I do like stand-up comedy under and like, I have to have like a different LLC for things that's other than the radio show. I was like, I will pay you out of this company. Like I have my own money. If you just trust that, it's, gonna be, it's not a lot, but if you just come, I can, you can eat and you can be poor for a while. But if you trust and you work hard, eventually I can get you into something. 
And so she took that risk and she came to work for me as a human, like doing assistant type stuff. And then I got her a job working the phones, answering the phones. And from the phones, she became a producer and now she's the head producer. So she also took a risk, like took a step backward to take a step forward. I'm, I'm seeing a, a recurring theme here with every single person on the show. Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Ray showed up, and I wrote this in my book, I think, showed up every day for over a year, not even a real intern, just showed <laughs> up. And after a while, I was like, dude, we can't have you here. It's against the law, I think. He was like, all right, cool. Kept showing up. And then I was like, you know what? I don't see anything. Just continue to work. And then when we made the move, he had worked so hard. And Ray's not the kind of guy that's going to have a bunch of extra stuff for you, but every single thing you ask him to do, he's going to do. Like, you're not going to walk in, Ray's, Ray's going to go, I have 17 segments I've planned for you. That's not going to happen. But if you go, hey, Ray, I need these 17 segments done, he's going to sit there for 19 hours and get them all done. <laughs> Different kind of mentality. Yeah. But the dude is just a killer. But he came every day and got... He went, not, he didn't even get intern credit. He wasn't in school. He just got. He just showed up. I don't even understand. I don't even know where he came from. I don't know. He was doing a call. Uh, what do you telemarketing? Yeah, cold calling people, telling them. Just cold call. And so Ray did that. And again, this wasn't some. This isn't some brilliant plan of mine. It was just we never had money. We can't even get chairs right now. <laughs> I mean, um, okay, Ray. Uh, Mike D, who produces this show. The story, Mike D was an intern for the show forever. And then, I don't know, after you finished interning, what happened to you? You got me a job as a board operator. Right so. away, though? But wasn't there a time where you, like, for, or, or, or was that right away? It was pretty much right was away. Was it right away? Yeah. So, Mike D was interning for our show for a long time. Then we left. Mm -hmm. And I got Mike a job working in Austin. And he was basically a part-time producer of syndicated shows. Mm -hmm. I think you had Elvis Duran show. Yeah. Um, and at the time, Carlos was still running our Case 101 show. And so when Carlos left because he didn't want to do that anymore, you went over and all the shows. I was running, yeah. You were running, running, running back and forth. Back and forth between studios. Running all these <laughs> shows. And then finally, I, I went and I was like, did you just do Case or did you do all of them until you left? I did all of them until I left. You did? Yeah. I was like, hey, I need Mike. Like, Mike is an intern. He's because I would go and work out of Austin, and you would basically produce me as I was doing the show. Mm -hmm. All my paper, all everything organized. I'd walk in. Mike would have it all ready for me. New Mike, newest work ethic, and I was like, dude, I don't really have anything for you, but if you want to move to Nashville, the same kind of thing. There isn't. I don't have this big pot of gold right now, but if you just trust that if you work hard enough it will eventually be there it might be three months it might be two years but it will if you really want to do this it is there for you to go out and achieve and Mike packed his crap up and moved out here yep and did we pay for you to move yeah okay Ooh, yeah. Look, at me, look at me and then I was like and then you lived with me for a while yeah like two two three months yeah until you found a place and they moved away and so but Mike has been did what Morgan did like Mike answers phones and Mike works at the house a little bit and does stuff around the house. And but Mike also does a lot of show segment preparing, like for 
you know, Mike's in that spot now where it's it's almost time for you to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole thing with Morgan and Mike both were, that, you know, those are my people, and it's just come work hard and let's see what happens. And I think you're already starting to see it now. Mm-hmm. Maybe even sooner. How long have you been here now? Like nine months. God, that's it? Yeah. It feels like, does it feel longer, dude? It feels a lot longer. Man. I mean, it feels like at least you, a year. Are, are you happy with your move here? It's the best decision I've ever made. You man. think that in your heart? Yeah. Because like, sometimes I worry because, again, you moved here without any friends from home, like your your circle of friends that you had at home. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm a complete loner. I go anywhere. I'm cool. I don't. I just don't function well with a lot of people outside of work. Yeah. I'm, I, I go into my, my room. I shut the door, and I can just get on a computer and talk to people on Twitter and Instagram. That's, that can be my friends. But I didn't know about you, and you're so quiet. Although you have really come out of your shell. A lot. I think since you lost a lot of weight, it's yeah. given you. You think it's given you confidence? Oh, for sure. That's that, and that all kind of happened at the same time too. I was starting to change just like my mentality, and I lost all the weight, and I started kind of becoming a different person. Really. Do you feel like you could ever go? Because you've lost 120 pounds or so. Yeah. Do you feel like that could ever just go back the nope. other way? No. Nope. You don't feel like you'll either no. way. Like it's it's harder for me to slow down from it than than anything. Like I couldn't. It would take way too much effort to go back. For me, I just I guess we have a different mentality because I'm always one Twinkie away mm. from putting on 10, 15 pounds. I think with me, I kind of have an addictive personality, and I've just shifted the the focus of it. So now instead of like eating terribly, I'm doing that kind of more with exercise and eating well. That I get because yeah. I am 100% addictive in everything that yeah. I do. But that's why I feel like I could go back the other way. Yeah. Like as soon as – like I can't take sleeping pills anymore because I would take them every night. Mm-hmm. And I still take Xanax sometimes because I just – my heart just – and I can't calm down. And so – and it's – but it's not even called Xanax. It's a generic kind, Alprazoline or something. <laughs> but I, just, I, I took sleeping pills and I would like to occasionally take one because I can't sleep. I just can't sleep sometimes. But I can't because if I take one – I wrote in my book like it, it effed me up, man. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like like when I was drinking, it was either I'm going to drink a whole case or not drink at all. <laughs> like, or it, You or do I, have that then. Yeah. If I was eating. You could put on 100 pounds again. <laughs> yeah. but Let's not do that. I'm watching now. You're on this vegan thing though, huh? Yeah. I've been doing that for almost three months now. It's been three months? Yeah. Started beginning of the year. We went to a place called Chicken Salad Chick, <laughs> which by the way is wildly popular. People started calling after you talked about it. I ca- and I was like, oh, We wow. went, and I did a stand-up show in Greensboro, North Carolina, and doing this comedy, and right before the show, we go, let's go get some food. And we go to some restaurant, and it's like a nice restaurant, but it's like an hour away. Yeah. And so we, we were like, okay, let's just find something. And there was a place called Chicken Salad Chick. I never heard of it before. There's some here, like within 30 minutes of where I live. Yeah. I never even heard of it before. And I was like, oh, they probably have chicken and salads and chicken salads and just stuff. And they only have chicken salad. And I was like, I don't like chicken salad as a side, much less a main, but I'm so intrigued by this. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing to only have chicken salad. It's like you have a grocery store and you go into the grocery store, but the only thing you have in the entire grocery store is wheat bread. It's the all wheat bread. And you're like, huh, interesting. So I got some, it, you think, it must be the best wheat bread I've ever had in my life. If they have a whole store about it, it's got to be fantastic. I'm just not a chicken salad guy, so like I said on the year, I wasn't a good judge of it because I hate mayonnaise. Yeah. And chicken salad's basically chicken and mayonnaise. 
That's it. <laughs> it's like chicken and mayonnaise soup. <laughs> and so, you know, for me, I was like, it wasn't my thing. But, man, people love that chicken salad chick. But the weird thing was I took Mike. And we just went in there, and Mike's like, oh, I don't eat meat. The whole place is called chicken. And so you ended up getting, like, a pimento. Some weird pimento mix. And how was that? It wasn't bad, but I, I don't know. It wouldn't have been what you, what you had. They could have brought me anything, and I would have been like, oh, that's it. I, would, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, that was weird, right? I was, yeah, I was just waiting to see, like, what are they going to bring me right now? So, th- th- and... I mentioned it, and the passion level yeah. on Twitter for Chicken Salad Chick was unbelievable. I had never even heard of it, and people were like, you're an idiot. I'm not an idiot because I just don't like chicken salad. Mm-mm. You know, I also – I don't like peanut butter. So if I were to go into Peanut Butter R Us, yeah. <laughs> I probably wouldn't like that store regardless of how great the store was. Like they get – it could be the best freaking peanut butter store in all of America, but I hate peanut butter. I'm not going to like peanut butter or us. And so I also felt guilty because we got in chicken salad chick that night. We were the only people there. Yeah. And the kid behind the register was like, please, God, order food. I'm doing nothing. And I didn't want to walk out because we, it was me, you. Was Lindsay with us? Yeah. Um, was Tim with us? Yeah. Tim, yeah. Uh, my security guy. That's it. Was, is it Nikita wasn't with us? No. Okay. And we're okay, yeah. And then there was a whole ordeal about us walking in because there was nobody in the restaurant at that time. So. Also, the most confusing way to order. We oh could, yeah, none of us could figure we out. We were the like, "We'll have the what's this?" There's like that's one pound of chicken salad. Well, that's too much. <laughs> How like, do we get less than one pound? <laughs> can I just point to a number or like? How do I just get like like? <laughs> Two scoops, and then maybe like some, uh, like a side of chicken. <laughs> but that didn't work. Anyway, I thought that that was, uh, it was, it must really be good chicken salad, is what I took from that whole thing. Maybe. Because people love it, and I don't know, I, I wouldn't have liked it. Even if it was the best, I don't think I would have liked it. Or over our time. Yeah. Um, my whole point of that conversation was oh, yeah, let me get to Eddie real quick. Oh yeah, Eddie has the Eddie had the easiest job being on the show. Um, Eddie was my TV producer, and he had a full time job and was just killing it. Like he's a great TV producer, and I was like, "Hey, dude, I need somebody to come do video." And he was like, "Hmm, I gotta move to Nashville, huh?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Hmm, what's the pay?" I told him. And he was like, "Hmm, can you give me a little more?" And I was like, "Yeah." Because I own part of the show. Like, I owned all of the show. When I was on 20, 30 stations, I owned the show. So part of the thing for me was I had to give a lot of it back, but then they were able to take it and use their technology, and now we're one. Like, I love my company, by the way. iHeart. I love them. And I mean, they'll all fire me one day, and it'll be like, Arr! but like right now, like I love I love working for iHeart. I love everything about it because they allow, they've always allowed me, even when they were Clear Channel, they've always allowed me to scrape up whatever I wanted and create a product. And if that product was good, take it and use it. The same thing with this podcast, which, by the way, is stupid because we're not at 100 yet. We bought all of our own equipment. Like, is any of this stuff bought by the company? I mean, really, this is an honest-to-God question. Did they buy us any of this stuff recently? I think just that new microphone. Just Okay, the gold one here? Yeah. They buy this? Yeah. Look at that. How much that cost? I don't know. That was the only thing. How did we get this microphone then? I, I thought you went out to like the Walmart and got a microphone. Somebody sent it to the station. Like a listener? 
I don't know. A box showed up. I thought we don't might. know how we got this microphone. <laughs> a box showed up, said Bobby Cast, and it was a mic. And uh, what was the return address? I don't think there, it was like straight from Amazon. A listener probably bought us this. You think so? <laughs> how did we not? How did I know this? I don't know. If you're out there and you bought this gold microphone, don't lie and message me, by the way, and say you bought the gold if, microphone. Well, when listeners send stuff, they usually like, hey. They do. They, they send like, a, hey, did you get this? Or like a picture of it or just so we can confirm they get it. So I, I didn't get anything from that. So I thought. It's not from the company. They would never just send a microphone. We didn't need it. Yeah. We did, but we don't. I have to go and say, hey, I need specific things. Yeah. I'm so, I didn't know that. Well, anyway, my point is. <laughs> Once we built this and said, "Hey, we're gonna go, we're gonna go on there with this, and you know, put this on your, on the awesome, iHeart platform," they were like, "Cool, you know, run with it, see what happens." Mm-hmm. And so now it's become kind of a success. But they've always allowed me to try out things, and I'm very grateful for that. And my whole point of this whole spiel is, man, if there is something that you really want in your life, if there's something that you must have, then you need to take about three steps back, if that's what it's going to take to get it. And if you don't want to take three steps back, you don't really want it. Mm-hmm. If you're like, ooh, I'd love. everybody wants to be successful. I've not met one person who's like, I'm good at being moderately okay. Everybody's like, hey, what do you, I, want, I, just, you know, I really want to be good at this. I really want to have this. I want to really want to do, really want to be. Everybody wants to be. Everybody. Ask them. Just ask everybody if they want to be successful. Yep, sure do. But not everybody wants to put the work in to do it. And it's almost like if you aren't willing to like eat it for a while eat it breathe it like it let it consume you then you really just don't want it and that's okay because everybody's not supposed to be the most successful person in the world and you may want a super awesome family and that's your thing then if you if you do then you have to like i know guys that their number one priority is being a dad they that's what they live for and they are at everything my trainer like one of the greatest dads. I mean, he's got three kids and he is at everything all the time. He, his life, that's about, that's a success to him. When I say success, it doesn't mean career. Um, but if it is what you want, if you're not willing to take a few steps back in order to get it, then you're not willing and you shouldn't have it. Mm-hmm. And so my point with that is our show is so weird how it came together and I never would have went down the path to have the show this way but I'm really glad that I and that we did because everybody in that studio, except for Eddie, has earned their way in. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie's earned his way in too. I give Eddie a hard time because he, Eddie did have to move his family. Yeah. I guess he's the only one that really had to move his yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but, but he got a good raise too. Yeah. Um, and I say that nicely because Eddie's like one of my best friends. Um, but yeah, so shout out to everybody right now who's taking steps back to take big steps forward. Because sometimes you just have to do that. And if you're not willing to do that, you don't really want it. If it means going to school at night, if it means, you know, Kevin Smith has the story of him maxing out all these credit cards to make clerks. There are, all, yeah. there, there are stories everywhere. And most times you're going to fail. And that's why I'm, I'm doing my TED Talk on that too. Most times you're going to fail. Most times you're going to lose. Most times it's going to suck. But it's not about those sucky times. It's about the occasional time when it pops and it works. And it's what my next book is about too. And I've been writing and I guess that's why it's on my, in my mind is that, you know, we see these people that are huge successes wherever it is. If it's in technology or broadcasting or 
wherever and we see why they're successful and we're like wow you know steve jobs example or somebody alive right now um there's nobody alive that's successful right let's just look at dirks for example i'll use a friend who's going to come by to the bobby cast you're like wow dirks bentley country star dirks is 40 has been grinding it for 20 years like he played bars forever mm-hmm. and like no money and no we only see the headlines from the really successful people we don't see all the pages of failures over and over and over again and if you're not willing to write that book full of pages of failure then you shouldn't get the cover and most times you don't get the cover that's like success so uh shout out to all you guys on the radio show because i mean it's a it's a weird awesome thing that I would not have thought should have happened, but I'm glad it did. I probably wouldn't have hired any of you guys if I had the chance because I was yeah. stupid. I didn't know. It. I just didn't know. And now sometimes people will give me far more credit. For like, oh, the genius who there'll be these radio articles come out. <laughs> the genius who crafted his own show his way. And I listen. I'm not going to say I don't think that that's fun to see in print, but it's just not true because it's more like the guy who had no other options <laughs> and no money to hire anybody. So he went out and found and found his yeah. friends and brought them in. And then I've been lucky to have some really hardworking, talented people. I mean, listen, there ain't nobody on that show that's lazy. <laughs> Lunchbox, just he's not lazy. <laughs> his job just doesn't require a lot. And I think that's why he gets a lot of crap. Yeah. I compared him to being tall. <laughs> like, you can't teach tall. You're just tall. You're, You're just tall. tall, and that's an advantage. Yeah. He's just nuts, and that's an advantage that he has. Yeah. Um, anyway, enough. Uh, to recap, podcasts are stupid unless you hang in there and crush them and build a following. Don't do seven of them because they ain't going to work, and you're going to be frustrated. Don't do one every two weeks because they ain't going to work and be frustrated. People on radio are stupid because you ain't fighting for each other. You're not standing up for each other. There aren't a lot of us left. If we don't have each other's back, nobody is going to. It is so cutthroat. You got to be kidding me. So you're all stupid until you're not. We need to be together. (laughs) You on Instagram and Facebook, you're all stupid. Stop saying mean stuff. Constructive criticism only. (laughs) And it's not Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And there are times we should write, hey, I didn't think this is cool. I don't like this. But let's, let's stop it with the just being a dick to be a dick. I'll block you. Again, George Washington did not sail across the Potomac for me to allow you to write your crap on my Instagram feed. That's stupid. What else? And work hard. Earn your keep. That's it. That's the end. I need a nap, dude. I need something. Mm. I'm going, I don't know. Uh... I'm going next week to, into New York to meet with the CEO of our company. I got a whole, like, three-prong. I'm either going to be told this is the stupidest idea ever <laughs> or because I got, I, got, I got big dreams right now. I got these – I got dreams. I have too many dreams. Sometimes I have too many dreams. And I'm just like – because I want to really – I feel like I have this really small window in my life that I can do things. And if I don't do them now, I will never be able to do them because eventually I'm going to be found out that I'm a fraud and I'm not good at anything. I'm not good at being on the radio. I'm not good at writing books. I'm not good at doing stand-up comedy. Eventually, it's all going to come down where it just is stupid. And everybody's like, "What's? how's he been fooling us for so long? Um, so I'm doing it right now while I can still fool people. That's what I, that's in my head. That's that's what I have. Um, and they call it imposter syndrome. And so I've got three crazy ideas that I'm going to the boss with in New York. I'm not going to say them right now. And they're pretty – they're large. 
and I'm gonna, I'm having dinner. I, I I've dinner with him about once a year. He's the head head head. Having dinner about once a year. I'm gonna pitch him to him. I'm probably gonna say no. We'll see what happens. Uh, we bid you a farewell. Mike, anything there? Yeah, let's make our graphic. Can we do these graphics? By the way, uh, send me a message if you uh, listen. About this. Just say, hey, listen. Uh, just say you're a... Um, we need some kind of name for... Uh, I mean, uh, the B team's kind of... By the way, the B team is a group that... Kind of, it used to be called the Boners. It was a funny thing. Like The listeners of the show, I would always call them the Boners. I was told I couldn't call people a Boner anymore because it's like a re- an erection. I mean, I mean, it is an erection. It's a word for an erection. But, you know, my radio last name is Bones. I was like, Boners, that's funny. <laughs> they were like, ah, you can't say, you know, talking about penis or, oh, you know, heart penises on the radio. So I didn't call anybody anything forever. And then I was like, you know what? I, think, I thought the B team was cool because I don't feel like we're the first picked and, and any of us would be the first picked in anything. Athletics, you know, we were all, we're, we're kind of just the people that don't quite fit in anywhere. So it's like the B team, the second team. In the B team, my name's Bobby, so I guess it all just kind of makes sense with the brand. So that's where the B team comes from. Mostly it was like a group of second. I was going to call ourselves the second string. Then I was like, well, B team's kind of the same thing, and it's Bobby, and so we, I just went with that. So we're going to have, uh, we're going to make some stuff, and we're going to work with, you know, donate to St. Jude with some stuff. But that's all coming out. It's not out yet. Um, but if you're a Bobby caster, you just let me know. I appreciate you listening to this, and eventually we'll have 100. Um, Shane McAnally will be in in the next one or two. He's a huge songwriter. Like, I, I mean, I don't care if we jinx it. I just don't think, it's, I don't know if it's going to happen yet, but Sam Hunt reached out today about being on the Bobby cast. I don't even know. And I, listen, I know Sam. Here, here's the weird thing. How much time? Where, where am I? I have something else to say. 45. I have something else to say. Okay. Turn this down. Go for it. Here's the weird place that I'm at in my life and in my career on the radio that makes it a little difficult for me. It's that if I get on the air and I say, like this morning, Jason Aldean sent me a text message and he thought it was funny when Lunchbox called his realtor and tried to buy his house for $4.8 million, which I thought was a funny bit. Really funny. Like, I, like Lunchbox crushed that bit. Yeah. If I say that, I get two sides of people that come at me running hard. One of them's like the man. It's really cool to have someone on the radio that's connected to the artist that you can just send a text message. And because most of these guys, I know, I wouldn't say I'm friends with most of them. I wouldn't say I'm friends with hardly any of them. Friends, friends. You have five friends in your life. That's the A level. You have twelve pretty good friends. You have some acquaintances. You have people you know, and then you have the rest. Um, I would put. A lot of these artists had acquaintances and a couple of them in the pretty good friend and maybe one or two in the... Nobody's in that small circle. Mm-hmm. None of the artists are. I haven't been here long enough. You know, the, that's that small circle is like the people that you spent your life knowing. Anyway, half people are like, I think it's really cool that you can talk to these artists firsthand and I think you're connected to, you know, Nashville and you know the artists and if there's anything going on, you can call them and say, what's up? And the other half are like, hey, we miss the old Bobby. The Bobby that was just like us. You know, we missed to get the, the relatable. Like, what do you want from me? I don't. I don't understand. And I, it's this weird place for me where if I get a message from Aldean and I'm like, "Hey, he texted me. Thought it was funny." I'm not saying it to brag. I'm saying it because we talk about Jason Aldean on the show. If I say I had, I, I wasn't ever going to say I went to Keith Urban's house for Christmas and he told me why aren't he? He asked me, "Hey, am I cool enough to be mentioned?" In passing, I don't because I was just going to keep that quiet. And there are things I don't ever talk about because I'm the greatest secret keeper in Nashville. <laughs> but it's a weird place where if I talk about 
being inside of it because I'm probably a little more than a radio person because like I, I go on the road and do artist things and end up being on the road with a lot of these guys and like having dinner, even just the radio part of it. It's like half the people are like, hey, stop bragging. Half people are like, oh, it's so cool you're connected to the artist. Where I, sometimes I just don't know what to do because I don't, I don't brag that, I don't know. Anything you'd like to add, Mike? I just never know. I'm in this purgatory all the time. My whole life, I'm in this purgatory <laughs> where I never know what to say. So I just say what happens in real life and just deal with the consequences. My whole life is just dealing with the consequences. Give me your thoughts on that, Mike. I mean, I think if you get a text message from somebody, you, you tell Another them. example. I was talking about, and I've told the story twice. I was in the gym with Gary LaVox, Rascal Flats. He's working on, on a bike. And I was telling the story. I was in full camouflage. Looks like he was in a tree stand. Half people thought it was hilarious. Half people were like, dude, stop bragging that you see country stars. I live in Nashville. I do a big... I'm not... Let's just put it out there. I do the biggest country show that's ever been invented on country radio. I didn't... You have access to things. You see people. You get to know people. So I don't know what to do. I can just shut up and lie about everything. I've I've never seen Gary LaVox riding in full camouflage on a bicycle ever. (laughs) The end. The end. Thank you. Glad to get that off my chest. All right, I'm really grumpy. Uh, this has been a, a good addition. On our image, we're going to say the Bobbycast episode 43 why podcasting sucks, why people in radio suck, and why people on social media suck. That's our, our hook. Okay. Cool? Got it. Hey, though, thanks for, for real, though. Appreciate you listening. If you made it this far, I appreciate that. Uh, we went over our time, but I was on it. Maybe not in a good way, but I was on it. All right, bye, guys. Bye.